0: The Ghost Goal Podcast. Kevin De Bruyne returned with a bang for the Champions Manchester City as he scored the equalizer and set up the winner off the bench at Newcastle. Meanwhile, on the other side of Manchester, Manchester United dropped points at home to Tottenham with an entertaining 2-2 results on Sunday afternoon. I'm Alex, here with Javier, welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 439. We are smack dab in the middle of the Premier League's winter break, which uh, in true Premier League fashion is uh, a non-break break where uh, they take the 10 fixtures that were supposed to be played, split them in half, uh, give half those teams one weekend off while the other half play, and then uh, flip it for the following weekend. So. Last weekend, we got Chelsea playing. We got Manchester United, Tottenham. We got Manchester City, Newcastle. Lots of big games, uh, five in total. And uh, this weekend, we've got five more, including uh, Arsenal uh, versus Crystal Palace, Bournemouth versus Liverpool, uh, Sheffield United, West Ham, among a couple of others. So uh, we're here to talk a little bit about uh, last weekend's half of the winter break and uh, look ahead to this weekend's half of the winter break.
1: I kind of I kind of like the winter break, Alex. I like the... Uh... I like the idea that, you know, each team is going to get about a week off, give or take. You know, it does kind of mess it up if you get an FA Cup replay, though. Yeah,
0: some teams get like 10 days of, you know, no games at all.
1: Yeah, we're, we, we've we got, I think, almost two weeks of no games, so it was a night. We, I think Arsenal went out to Dubai and did warm weather training, so, you know, I, I hopefully that's a good reset to come back and, uh, you know, from that bad form, get a reset, but I, I like the idea of this break because i think it it you know it's hard with the fixture congestion and everything going on and both the african Cup of nations and the Asian Cup to <laughs> add another break a week or two just where no, no fixtures are played i think would just be you know too detrimental to to the fixture list and would make too many double game weeks happen and even more injuries and all that stuff so i think cheers to the Premier League because I, I actually kind of like this solution um yeah, I don't. I don't know if you like it as well. But I, I'm still kind of. It feels it's not like, fun for fantasy. It feels like a
0: non-solution solution. It feels like an appeasement to people who were calling for a winter break, which the Premier League was never going to have, like a Germany, Italy, Spain type winter break where you know there's no eh, I games I still like at it. All. It's something like the Premier League is a part of the thing that makes it so uh, such a commodity worldwide is the fact that there's games going on throughout that Christmas and New Year's period and you know the, you, there's nowhere else you can really go to see like top level football during that time when everyone's at home most people are at home celebrating the holidays it, it's it's a real asset for the Premier League so I understand they were never going to you know do what Germany and Italy and, and other major European leagues do so it, it's a step in the right direction and frankly they they brought this in like 4 years ago maybe 5 years ago and then they got rid of it when COVID hit because they were struggling to, to you know, fit all the, the fixtures in again when there was that big break from, from COVID. But it's back this year, and yeah, it's a step in the right direction, but I feel like they could still maybe stagger the games similarly to this a little bit more uh, as we go into January or February. So, uh, I mean, the first half of the winter break with these first five games, I feel like we were treated to uh, two of the the, the best games uh, of the season. I'll, I'll I'll say this that Manchester City about that. that Manchester City Newcastle game about that. was it produced five of the best goals you'll see, like in a goal of the month competition, and it's it was all in one game. Let's start with that one because it had a lot of uh, meaning for the title. It had a lot of meaning for uh, you know Newcastle, you know continuing their poor run of form and kind of falling out of that European consideration. And as I just mentioned, those were five of the best goals you'll see anywhere. Do you think I'm wrong? Because
1: legitimately, no. I mean, I thought it was a. Cr- I thought it was they were cracking goals, but I mean, if you watch the game, which I think you know, I, I think we both did, the football on display wasn't like amazing. You yeah, know no, i don't think i don't think newcastle kind of or manchester city right i was about to say i don't think either newcastle or manchester city particularly thought i don't think will tell you that they played particularly well i think for newcastle you know they had a, a great first half where you know they surged with those two goals in 3 minutes and you know they probably could have even gotten another one uh, gone up 3-1 but you know good on them for coming back and showing some spirit and just being still being you know that that threat at home but What Manchester City did in the second half, I mean, it's been talked about so much. Uh, I feel like we're definitely late to the ball here, but, you know, everyone's just been talking about what De Bruyne did coming on in that game, how he changed the game, as well as Oscar Bob, you know, that goal that he scored. You know, people are talking about him as this new upcoming winger that they have. He looked, you know, fantastic on the ball. He's been getting more minutes from Manchester City. And, you know, players like him, like Foden, like Lewis, you know coming through you know as as a young player and getting time game time and and in Pep Guardiola's team is you know just credit to Pep that he can you know bring players like that to get an assist from Kevin De Bruyne you know through the academy and then and then you know get a winner for them against Newcastle in a huge game he trusted him i mean he brought him on in like the 80th minute and you know when you do something like that you know you're 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 putting all i think you and i were We were in, uh, weren't we? On uh, we were, we were on like a, a call together. And I said, I was like, he's trusting him like with this game, like you know, like that's like his offensive move to win the game. It was two two at the time, and Bob went and got the winner. So I'm, I'm just you know, in awe of Guardiola because I think he doesn't stop producing ever since he's been at Barcelona. You can say as much as you want about him of. You know, he's had the most money, the most resources at all the teams that he's been at, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Manchester City. But man, this guy, you know, he doesn't really need to go out and buy huge, you know, $100 million, $200 million players. You know, I know he's went and spent splash cash, you know, here and there on on players or a lot in a window on a bunch of fullbacks. But this guy produces, you know, he produces talent over and over again, and we see players, you know, Cole Palmer, I mean, he's one that came out, of, has come out of Manchester City, another one, you know, amazing coming out of the team, you know, you can see how quality is, just players that have been under Pep, you know, that are trained under Pep, end up being just phenomenal players, and yeah, I, I, I just can't say enough about him, I think uh, what De Bruyne did is, you know, what everyone expected and more you know so it's just <laughs> i don't
0: know i think we would have we would have forgiven kevin de bruyne if the, i think he had a warm up game coming off the bench in the fa cup uh, against huddersfield but you know i think we would have forgiven him if he came into this game and wasn't able to pull off what what he eventually did but
1: it's incredible yeah. what he did i mean it just yeah i think
0: 3 or 4 minutes, minutes after think, he came on he scored think, the
1: equalizer even if Holland's out for three months with like this foot injury, he's like not. a couple more months, I I know he's not. But just uh, want to he make might. sure the
0: listeners know that
1: <laughs> he's that's. I mean he's not. But I mean it's taken a lot longer than what they were saying. So Holland does not have the best injury record. But I was going to say even if it does, you got to think with De Bruyne and the team, they still have enough weapons to uh, to go and win the league. So yeah, just watch out for this uh, Leroy Sane. Regen Oscar Bob Alex.
0: I don't think he's actually. I don't think he's Leroy Sane level. You know that
1: goal was Leroy Sane. It, it was. It was Leroy Sane esque. He even has the same hair. Yeah. Okay. And the same. He, like he just. He has the same movement as well. The way he moves across the pitch. The way he glides when he's sprinting and dribbling. Yeah, I think he's. We're going to see a lot more of him. I think this season and the coming years for for City. Well, you he's heard Norwegian. It, he's not. Uh, not not first. English. show yeah, you did hear it here first.
0: I'm going to make you pick. What was the best goal of the game? Outside, put put them all in a vacuum. Outside, Bob's
1: of, 100% the last one. The De Bruyne ball, nah. 40 yards over the top. I mean, I'll agree and, uh, in the
0: standpoint that it was obviously the most important, the winner in injury time, but... Bernard- I think it was Bernardo the best. Silva. Bernardo Silva's little flick.
1: I mean, yeah, that was incredible That as was
0: well. <laughs> That was so nice. Like... It reminded me of Gianfranco Zola against Norwich in the 90s, like one of my earliest like Chelsea goal memories. But he did it at the near post off a corner. Bernardo Silva, like he he didn't even look like he was open, and Kyle Walker did very well t- because there was uh there was another option like further at the top of the box for a cutback, and Walker put it like on a penny straight to uh, uh to Silva, and then Silva obviously has you know the quality to finish it off. Before we move on, I do want to mention, outside of that nice assist for Kyle Walker, is it a little bit concerning to see him you know, so successfully targeted for those two goals? I mean, I wouldn't say they're carbon copies of each other, but it's Alex Izak and, uh, and Gordon both cutting in from the left wing, 1v1 with Walker, a situation that we're pretty accustomed to seeing Walker winning. And instead I think Manchester he, City they, they...
1: really miss John Stones. I mean, I think this team is just not as good defensively without him. I think Walker is a lot better when he has Stones next to him. You know, when it's Walker, Stones, Diaz, I think it's a lot better than any other combination that they can put out there. Um, I think he really misses that like second really strong center back. And you know they're playing players like Ake and Guardiol at the left and right back. So I mean, but they paid 100 know, million for Guardiol and Ake. No, is I know, but what one I'm his saying best is,
0: seasons. I,
1: I know, I know, but I'm saying, I mean, they're they're. I think those players are pretty good at center back, but where they're playing is, you know, they're playing more like full back roles, and Walker's having to do a lot of the track back. You know, I, I think at his age, he can't be doing that. You know, every single game for Manchester City and. You know, I think they, they do need some sort of, you know, replacement for him or some sort of for Walker, you know, rest for him. Yeah. I think, think that would be Rico Lewis, little... Lewis,
0: right? Like, I know he plays more in midfield, kind of where Stones was playing before he got uh, injured for the most part this season. But, he, I mean, Rico Lewis did come up playing as sort of a right-sided uh, fullback role in the academy he's just good enough on the ball to play in midfield as well but i would
1: say once once stones come back into the team i don't think we'll see uh walker targeted as much i think we'll see more control in this team defensively
0: okay well uh let's move on to uh, manchester united tottenham 2-2 on sunday Uh pretty entertaining game nice uh, early goal from uh, rasmus hoyland uh richarlison scoring for i think like the fourth or fifth game in a row In the 19th minute. Uh, And then Marcus Rashford. He blanked
1: blanked in the Brighton game. But yeah, he scored in in five out of the last six games.
0: And then uh, Marcus Rashford got his first goal in, I believe, 14 games at home. He hadn't scored at Old Trafford in in the league, at least, for like 14 or 15 games. Uh, Put them ahead right before halftime. And then a minute and a half into the second half, uh, Rodrigo Bentancor leveled it up for Spurs. Spurs pushed for a winner. United had some good chances as well, but it ended 2-2. I see a lot of people coming out of this, like, praising Tottenham. I do just want to remind people that, that this was a draw. You know, Tottenham didn't win this game. Like, I'll, I'll agree that they performed well with all the players they're missing with the it's going to the Asian Cup and the African Cup of Nations, specifically Son and then Yves Basuma. And, well, you uh, even
1: said, Alex, this team would fall apart without so- human Son and James Madison, and what? they didn't. Well, they did for so, a bit. So you gotta give you gotta
0: give them they some props. They did for a bit,
1: uh, but it looks like I, they've. Uh, I don't think they really collapsed at any point in this game. Though. They they were. I'm not I talking mean, about were, this game.
0: I'm talking about they collapsed for like a good two months there after that Chelsea. Oh, loss. they
1: did. Sure, yeah. Though they had a bad run of form, but I mean, they're still you know five points off the top of the table, you know, and and mad, level it? on points with Arsenal. That's so mad. Yeah, that's they're crazy. Still only five points off the top. God five it, points Spurs. off the top of the table. Just with, go away. With, with, <laughs> Yeah, with their with their really bad form, you know, that's that's not bad. You know, if once they get healthy again, you, you think this team could can put together a good run of fixtures. But I thought in this game, you know, Tottenham were the the slightly better team. I thought, you know, Manchester United got a lucky break, you know, with that early, you know, just rocket of a Hoyland goal. You know, the ball kind of bounced to him at his feet from from Rashford's, you know, play on the wing, which, you know, Rashford was I think pretty good in this game his decision making still isn't really there but you know he was able to get another goal again i think that's two games in a row now rashford scored and some positives for manchester united you know i think uh Lisandro martinez also came back in this game came came in off the bench they really missed him so having him and Varon back together that's going to be huge they just need casemiro back as well once all three of those are back in the team you you got to think for manchester united things are going to start clicking again this 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 team is going to look a lot different when you have that core of Casemiro, Lissandro Martinez, and, and Rafael Varane, actually getting minutes together and, and gaining chemistry. And you know we saw last season when those three were together that this team was very very good defensively. And and you know Marcus Rashford was constantly just you know getting in behind on the counterattack from balls from Casemiro, from Martinez, you know, and and Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans and all those players couldn't even get a sniff in the team. So as much as Manchester United have used those players this season and they've been shit. I think Manchester United have a lot more ceiling that they can you know achieve and a lot more that they can improve. And while I don't think top four is realistic for them, I think they could still finish up to like maybe sixth place. Still get Europa League. You're, you're that down on them. You think that there's not any chance that they could
0: get top five and if you know, fifth ends no, they'd, up have being above, place.
1: they'd have to finish above They'd have to finish uh, above Spurs, Arsenal, you know, Liverpool, City, or Villa
0: to get into the top four. But I'm to saying get into the I'm top, saying five. top five. That's the top five. You don't think they could maybe still finish ahead of Spurs? You're, you're that down on them?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think that they've they've got too much stuff going on there. Where like, you know, players like Antony are not producing. They've got. Rashford with only I think three or four goals this season. I mean, it's just there isn't enough. You know, Bruno Fernandez as well has been having a stinker of a season. Just creating a lot. You know, he create, he created a lot in this game. He he always has the, the the vision to find the through ball or the dink ball over the top. He he's incredible at that. But his offensive output, goals and assists, has just dramatically decreased this season again. So. I think a lot of the team's been underperforming, but I really think that they've missed that core defensively and in midfield to just control games and, you know, get Bruno on the ball and Rashford on the ball in more dangerous situations in more space. And I think once they're able to develop that again, they're going to become a force.
0: I'm not going to disagree with you from the standpoint that, you know, that throughout the season, Manchester United do not seem to be playing well as a whole. When I watch them I'm I'm very few times am I impressed by them. I, I just feel like every time I count them out either in a microcosm, like that Aston Villa game on Boxing Day when they were down two nil. I think we were we were playing FIFA and I was like, ah no, nah, I'm not gonna throw that on. They're already down two nil. United aren't coming back. And then what do you know, they come back and win three two. Also, they just go on these runs of games that they win one nil or something, where they don't play well in those games, but they somehow pull it out of the bag like I've got to credit Eric Ten Hag for that at least Um, I mean the next step obviously is to get the team back on track performing better so they can you know have a better chance of putting a run of results together I I think you're right in that like that's not going to happen with how thin their squad is at the moment until they get some of their most important uh, defensive and midfield performers back but they've got a a building block at least now with uh, Kobe Mainu He he still looks like Way more impressive. He than looks like McTominay a class Yeah, or he's been, Erickson or anyone he's like been that. he
1: great. Right. They just need to start playing. You know, Maynu and Casemiro in midfield. Uh, you know, with Bruno Fernandes, and you know, Marcus Rashford, Rasmus Hoyland, and Garnacho up top. I think that's that's the winning the winning team right there. It gives them know? a chance you, at least. Yeah, that's that's you know. They had Casemiro on the bench in the last game. He, he was an unused substitute. So I assume, you know, if his fitness, he's still coming back to, to fitness. So once he can get back in the team, Lissandra Martinez are back in the team, you know, this team starts to look a lot better, you know. So, again, I think give it a little time. Don't don't call for Ten Hogs head yet. And I think they're still sorting things out. Injuries have been a huge disruption for them. And for Tottenham, I mean, I think, wow, I mean, Timo Werner, Alex. We haven't talked about him, but he came over. He started in this game because Tottenham needed the the reinforcements and they brought him in on loan for six months. And guess what? He produced his first assist of the season before Anthony did this season, Alex. Can you believe that? The 80 million pound signing for Manchester United a year and a half ago has got zero goals and zero assists for Anthony. And Werner gets one in his first game for Spurs. Just dreary, dreary statistic there for Anthony. He's, yeah, I mean, he, he,
0: I, I don't doubt Timo Werner's ability to contribute for this Spurs squad. I, I actually kind of liked it as a as a son. Like stand-in for the next month or so yeah, while he's, he's gone. he's good for
1: chaos mode, man. He yeah. just runs around and does his thing, and he's offside all the time, and misses easy makes, chances. Misses or... easy chances, and he's Timo Werner. He's back, guys. We missed him. We all were laughing. When he's in on goal, you just laugh, and you're, ah, he's gonna miss. <laughs> you know, and, but when he's in a chance to make a cutback, he'll, he'll probably put the cutback in and get a nice assist. You he know? also
0: continues the, you know, the long... I guess he kind of extends the tradition of us loaning, or not loaning, of our former players becoming secret agents in North London you know we've, we've got Kai Havertz and Jorginho taking care of Arsenal making sure they don't win anything significant while they're there and now we've got Timo at Tottenham Tottenham were starting to get a little scary Chelsea had to put the call into uh, Leipzig and say Hey, Timo, can you uh, go over there and take care of, uh, you know, Angsh? We don't want uh, Angsh and Tottenham getting uh, too confident, too big for their britches. So.
1: Uh, Alex, I think we have to talk about something else about Tottenham, which I thought was impressive. I think the fact that they were able to keep the midfield together with, you know, arguably their second choice midfield, you know, they didn't have, uh, you know, Sar, they didn't have Basuma. both of them are gone to the African Cup of Nations. I think it was huge to get Rodrigo core back. I know that he great scored finish. in this game. I great think it was great finish. Great finish, and he was a player who I don't. It, I think before he had that really bad injury last season, where he you know it kept him out for over six months. He was scoring goals for Tottenham. He was like the man. He was in great form before that injury. So glad to see that he's back and doing well. Um, he's a player that's fun to watch when he's on form and. I thought I thought Hoiberg and Skip both did pretty well as well, you know. So I thought the fact that Tottenham now have just solid players everywhere, depth, even when they have a bunch of injuries like this and and big changeups, they still look like they can produce and play their game. So, props to Tottenham. um, Well, that's that's the key. The key is props to to Anz because he's really changed
0: this team. The significant uh, you know misses in midfield and Son on the left wing not being available. Madison as well. Madison, yeah, exactly. Madison, it, even with the players that are in the B team in there, th- it, we, this can be used as a criticism when something like the Chelsea game, the four-one happens, where you're like, why are you still pressing high with only nine men on the field? But it's a part of Ange's, you know, methodology that he he's espoused like ever since his whole career. But the mainly started seeing it when he was at Celtic was. It doesn't matter what the the what the, the the circumstances are. What matters is we know and everyone is on the same page. We're playing aggressive. We're we're playing direct, high tempo, creating chaos like you like you mentioned. And it doesn't matter if it's the the preferred midfield duo of Basuma and, and Saar in there, or if it's you know Hoiberg, who frankly is a little bit limited when it comes to like the passing range and like ability to receive the ball with his. Back to the opponent's goal and tur- do the half turn and get past a player and then play someone else in. That's not really his game, but he- he's adjusting and he's not as good as it at it as the the starting players may be. But the- he 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 pulls it off regardless or pulls off some version well, Bet- of it that keeps Bet- Spurs successful. Court was the one
1: playing like in the ten role like yeah. James Madison? You know, creative attack. I thought he did great again. You know, just impressed that Spurs have the the depth. And that they look still good, and they're still a bit of play the same philosophy, and not collapse at Old Trafford when they, you know, went down twice there. This this Spurs team is just annoying as hell. They just don't yeah. go away, they don't die, and I think it's it's going to be uh, just a different Spurs than we've seen for the last for their whole existence in the Premier League, basically.
0: What do you what do you think of this idea? What whenever if there is ever a point where Spurs have everyone available uh, in midfield this season. Who would you who who do you think they should roll out as, you know, the the, the first choice midfield three?
1: Madison Pesuma Sar, I think is what they should is really like their, I think their first choice. I'd go well, I'm not
0: saying what is, I'm saying maybe, what should be.
1: Maybe maybe Madison Betancourt uh Saruma.
0: You think, oh, okay, that's interesting because I would think Saar. I think he, I thought Bess- he was playing, the
1: more defensive one. He Saar is. is more like attacking. So I would put Betancourt in like that, the like center mid, the the basically where Sar plays. And then I would play, I would keep Madison in the attacking midfield role. So I think for balance sake, I wouldn't want to play betancourt Saar. And I think Anj might do it to be, like, a madman and play Sar Betancourt, Madison, and, like, have, like, a crazy attacking midfield as well. I'm sure we'll don't, see it at some don't point. Don't doubt
0: Betancourt's defensive chops. He's still a good, like, he's not a he's, defensive he's, he's midfielder, decent, but he, ha- but no, he has, like, the work rate and, like the ability He's definitely more of, like, a box-to-box, box-to-box, to box yeah, box, like, is, attacking midfield. He is more box-to-box, box, but...
1: Great shot on him, as you can see.
0: Yeah. All right. Do you want to look ahead to some of these games coming up this weekend? I guess I can just mention some other results from last weekend. Chelsea beat Fulham in the West London Derby 1-0 from a Cole Palmer penalty right before halftime.
1: Huge result for Chelsea moving up to eighth in the table.
0: Actually, actually yes. <laughs> After we lost to Middlesbrough in the, in the Carabao Cup semi-final, which, by the way, we still have the second leg of that to
1: Alex, what is, that? is that three wins in the league or four in the row?
0: Uh, So it's four wins at home in in the league for the first time since 2021, I want to say. 2021 was the last time we had. Chelsea! Oh, sorry. It's it's the first time since 2020 because the last time we pulled that off, it was during the pandemic. Uh, So, yeah, Stanford Bridge has not been a fortress for a while. It still is not a fortress, but, you know, making steps in the right direction.
1: Fortress Bridge, baby. And Anthony Taylor gave you a penalty, Alex. That's huge news. Come on.
0: Yeah, he just does that just so he can save face when uh he inevitably like you, sends someone off you, against Liverpool or gives them a you penalty. You love him. You
1: love him now. Look, he's he's in favor of you. He gave you a fuck penalty. Anthony it's the Taylor. only reason you won I will this ma- game. I will
0: maintain fuck Anthony Taylor. Uh yep, that happened. Uh, Everton drew Aston Villa 0-0, which is uh, a pretty big one for Everton in the relegation race and uh, a disappointing one for Aston Villa and their title slash top four uh, i think bid. they
1: uh, they got very very cruelly denied a penalty from that Diaby tackle yeah that was some uh some 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 sorcery there but considering everton apparently have another charge the from breaching financial whatever can you imagine they dock them another 10 points or something yeah, and then knows? they finally go down that would just be brutal for everton
0: that it would. Uh, and then the final game to mention from last weekend, well, last Friday, was uh, Burnley won, Luton won in uh, relegation six-pointer. Uh, heartbreaking one for Burnley, who have been notoriously poor at home this season. Uh, they had the lead for most of this from uh, M. Duni scoring the first half, and then kind of uh 50-50 decision for the equalizer. Uh, Carlton Morris scored the equalizer for Luton, but Trafford, Burnley's goalkeeper, got bodied pretty much by another uh, Luton player coming out to try and challenge for the header. And there was, you know, VAR reviewed it. No foul was given. And uh, Luton got out of there with a point and kept Burnley just below them in the in the relegation zone. So, uh, yeah, that that's one of those ones that doesn't stand out on the fixture list, but uh, it, it might have a huge impact on both these teams. Uh, well, ability yeah, so to let's stay say up.
1: a win for either one would have been pretty huge. But yeah, getting the point is pretty. Is- big for Luton because they can keep their momentum going
0: all right Javier let's start looking ahead to next weekend normally I would uh pull up Bournemouth Liverpool as the marquee fixture of next weekend but we do have to we're going to do it anyway talk about this Arsenal Crystal Palace game Saturday 7 30 a.m bright and early to start us
1: off anything but a just hammering of Crystal Palace will be unacceptable Alex Maybe not a hammering. but I was but about I want to a say, is that a little disrespectful? And I want a clean didn't, sheet.
0: didn't Crystal Palace just go I to had and get a draw against Manchester City? Shouldn't this concern you more uh, than like more than you're you're you know playing it off as? I am concerned because honestly, we are on
1: terrible form. Well, well, you had ten days off. Wise. It's a reset. There's yeah, no form we, at the results moment. Results wise, we had bad form, but I do think there's a reset. We we were playing well in terms of. You know still creating chances we weren't finishing our chances I think a you know big that's not gonna change this season I think that's gonna be something that we struggle with I think we're still playing really well dominating games and, and creating more problems than other opponents are giving us but I think until we start finishing our chances we're gonna keep having trouble winning these games um, but I hope I hope we do against Crystal Palace that's usually Crystal Palace at home. You know, we usually struggle at their place, but at home we can. We usually get a good decent result against them. So, I'm gonna say two 0 Alex. Two nil.
0: Okay, yeah, I feel, we miss I feel a lot like that's of chances. Fair. I mean, I'm starting Saliba in fantasy, so I kind of expect a clean sheet as well. But I, I haven't really been keeping tabs on this. But have Arsenal had any sort of rumors in the transfer window? I feel like a goal scorer is something that a lot of Arsenal fans have been crying out for.
1: Yeah. I don't really expect us to uh, pick anyone up. Maybe someone on loan near the end of the window, like on one of the last days. Just depending on how our injuries look, but I think it's a little bit early to decide right now if we need. You know, we it's we've the got, uh, Thomas. The window's closed. Thomas in two Partey. Weeks. Sure, Thomas Partey should be coming back from injury. Um, apparently, you know, he's he's coming back into training. So that's a huge one to get back. We've missed him for the last three months. You know, he was our best midfielder by far last year, and when he was in the team last season, you know, we were the best team in the league. So, you take that that player out of the midfield and out of the team and it it you know, it really really I think it's really really hurt us, especially, you know, during this last few weeks, you know, not having that extra midfielder. Declan Rice has fallen off a little bit, just we having to do too much. Similar to what Enzo happened to Enzo Fernandez this season, where like he was playing super well at the beginning of the season, looked like he was bossing every game, he was you know, the class player and then you know, the last month and a half, Enzo's just been, you know, one of the worst players on the pitch. I think it's because it's just been, to be fair, been benched a lot. We know why now. He hasn't started. He had a
0: hernia. And he went and had to get, oh, he had to get an okay. operation on the hernia. And wow, he was out did for not two know weeks. that.
1: But, um, okay. And, but, yeah, what no. what do you know? So he I... looked like
0: one of the best players on the field against Fulham last weekend. So, yeah, there's a reason for, for everything, usually. Yeah, still not uh, addressing how Arsenal are going to fix those uh, goal-scoring
1: problems, but... You know, I don't have
0: it right now, Alex. It's not going to come in Havertz. January. Let's go, let's go with that. That'll that'll surely work vibes, out.
1: Vibes, Kai Havertz, Bukayo, and Martinelli. They got to start
0: scoring. Yeah, I was about to say they're not having as good of a season as they did last year. Um, and honestly, it's
1: no, not as good of a start. But if you do remember last year, at this point, both of them had, I think, close to double digits. You know, and they fell off. Maybe, it, and they fell off. So maybe this season, yeah. you know, they're gonna they're gonna get get you know that's fair. Get their goals in the second half of the season. It's it's. I think it's really hard to be as consistent as someone like a Mohamed Salah or, you know, Erling Holland and score every single game. So, well, I think this is a bad run of form for a player like Martinelli. I don't think he's been playing badly. Yeah, I mean, he you looked know, like I think, the best player like,
0: in that Liverpool FA Cup game. Well, for Arsenal, I at least say, when like, he came on,
1: Martinelli. Right, Martinelli's like he's still like a threat and he's still getting assists. And I know he hasn't been scoring, but. You know, I th- I think it'll come soon. I think it'll come, and I think the team as a as a whole just isn't scoring goals. Odegaard isn't scoring like he should. Havertz isn't scoring like he should. I mean, we're all underperforming. So as a team, it's 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 contagious, right? So I think at home to Crystal Palace is a perfect time to uh, change that, Alex.
0: Not if Mikhail Olise and Eberechi uh, Eze have anything to say about it.
1: I think Olise might be out injured, Alex.
0: Of course. Yeah, that starts things off this weekend at 7:30 a.m. on Saturday, uh, and then the 12:30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday will be Brentford Nottingham Forest, which I'll bring up just to say it's kind of like a borderline relegation six-pointer. That's not me saying that these the the promoted teams that currently sit in no, there. No, but it'll have be the return of, of uh, up, but yeah, Ivan
1: it's Bet God Tony. <laughs> he is back. Ivan-o, he is back. The fantasy god has returned. All right, lads. Now we have four strikers. We have to consider bringing in. Uh, leave the fantasy that, stuff for Ivan a bit. Tony. There's nothing oh, anyone yeah, can right, do about right, that you're right, right
0: you're now. Right. But it, it it does it does need to be said because I don't think we've really mentioned this. Brentford have been on some of the worst forms since they've they, they came up two years ago. I don't think they've won in their well, last. They lost six. in Buemo. They lost yeah, in Buemo been, right before rough. right before the Christmas period, which he he was having a great start to the season for them, and that pretty much just left them.
1: He was their talisman.
0: Yeah for this season and you know, I mean previous seasons, they had both him and Tony working off of each other, doing really well. And and Buemo had been doing a great job of making up for, for Tony's uh, suspension. He gets injured and they still had like a a month before Tony would be back from that suspension. And they've, you know, suffered pretty predictably as a result, but Tony's back. I personally don't think he's going to be amazing right off the bat. Um, Who knows? Maybe he proves me wrong, but they need him to be because they they, they're on relegation to form right now. I think they'll be okay. They'll they'll steady the ship. They'll they'll find goals from maybe other places with uh, Tony acting as a nuisance because he I mean, even when he's not scoring, he still is like a great outlet for a a long ball up the field or, uh, you know, playing in one of his teammates or just giving that one little deft touch flick on for someone else to run in and score. He'll be uh, very ha- like handy for them, and they're playing against Nottingham Forest, who have picked up results since Nuno came in, but still are right down their nil re- relegation zone. So that, that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Sunday, Sheffield United, West Ham United. Not going to give much uh, <laughs> attention to this, other than like my fantasy Premier League interests that I have uh, with West Ham players playing. But that Bournemouth Liverpool game Sunday at 11:30 a.m. That one really gets the mouth watering, just because Bournemouth have been one of the the form teams, one of the surprise form teams over the Christmas period. They've got big wins against Manchester United away. I, I mean, I think they, I think they lost to to Tottenham away, which you know that that's that's tough, kind of an outlier, weirdly in in terms of their results recently. But they're here at home against Liverpool. Am I wrong, or do, do you remember? Didn't Eddie Howe used to do pretty well against Liverpool specifically at home. I know Bournemouth lost like 9-0 at Anfield last season. Not good, but I feel like this iteration of Bournemouth with how well so many of their forward players have been playing and you know the the significant misses in Liverpool's squad, I feel like there's potential here even for a Bournemouth win. Am I crazy?
1: I mean, I hope so, Alex. I I you know, I I it's a little bit like I said, a hope because Bournemouth, they've looked good against the teams that they're supposed to beat, even some teams that, you know, were kind of mid-table. But when they played against Tottenham, they, they really crumbled there. And, you know, I know Tottenham kind of got a lucky break for that first goal, but it, it you know, it they kind of opened the floodgates after that. And I don't know. I, I do agree with you that this will be a, a mouthwatering affair, but it's at Anfield, Alex, isn't it? No, it's at Bournemouth. Oh, it's at Bournemouth. Okay, yeah, maybe they've got a chance. Maybe they've got a chance. I don't think so, though. I think Liverpool have just been too much for teams this season, and the way that they are just consistently pinning teams back, and even if they go down a goal or two, they, they're never out of the game, and they constantly just keep creating chances and keep creating chances, and they're not really that, that like high-energy style of press anymore. They're more controlled now it feels like now they you know they just have their own style that they play it's actually kind of similar to how Klopp had them playing when they first like when he first started with liverpool where he didn't have the players that he wanted right he was starting um, he was ben kinda, Teke
0: up top and
1: right hoping. he was he but he was he was kind of playing a, a kind of a little bit more of a controlled attacking style I think it's 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 with the players that he has now I'm sure he's kind of adapted his style he can't play that you know it, it, a, a lot of the game now has to do with Trent getting the ball you know playing a ball over the top but you know getting 11 men behind the ball uh Liverpool I think are you know one of the best teams in the league defensively if not the best team in the league um you know Van Dijk's been back to being one of the best center backs in the league so I think for Liverpool teams like Bournemouth if they want to win the league they got to beat Bournemouth away and I think they will I think it'll be close though I think it'll be 2-1 I think Bournemouth make a good game of it I'll say 2-2
0: I think Bournemouth get a result here I don't think it's the the win I suggested but you know dropping points for Liverpool uh, at Bournemouth would still be a disappointing result for them but I mean Luton managed to pull it off why can't Bournemouth And Luton pulled it off when Mohamed Salah was playing for for Liverpool. So without Salah or Endo in in midfield, I think Bournemouth can uh, get a draw. The final game I'll mention uh, that will close out this winter break is going to be next Monday, Brighton versus Wolves. I don't really have any prediction for this one. Just want to mention it since we already mentioned the other nine games. And Javier, unless you have anything else to add, I think we'll uh, end things there.
1: Uh... I mean, we did get knocked out of the FA Cup, Alex, so by uh, Liverpool we did lose that game. I was gonna say uh we haven't talked about that, but that was a uh I, I thought a pretty good game. I mean, people are saying that Liverpool brought their kids on. I think Liverpool put the best possible team that they had fit that they could bring and you know, we put a very strong team out as well. But I don't I don't I'm not particularly bothered about losing the FA Cup, uh, especially not to Liverpool. And I think it's when we're still in the Champions League and we have a, a a very winnable matchup against Porto. I don't want to be playing two more rounds of fixtures because it would be the fourth and the fifth round of fixtures before I play. We play the Champions League, so I don't want to. And then in the if, in between the Champions League, you would you would have the 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 I, the next I think sixth round of fixtures in between the two games of the Champions. So there's so many games that you would have to play in the FA Cup. That we just don't need you know. I'd rather focus on the Champions League so Try to get through the to the to the quarterfinals And to make sure we at least get 100% top 4 in the league So We're
0: going to revisit this But I'll just say Loser mentality
1: Yeah, fuck the shitty Cups, Alex Arteta already won one Yeah,
0: he won one with uh, Wenger's team He still hasn't won dick with this team Yeah, he won it with old guys like Lacazette and Aubameyang Getting him the trophies Yeah, he hasn't won shit with these uh, young players We'll save that for uh, for next time, whenever the uh, the FA Cup should be back in about a week or so, and we'll mention it then. All right, Javier, thank you for jumping on. For all of you listening at home, if you want to follow Javier on Twitter, slash X, you can follow him at JavierRev9. You can follow me, Alex, at ASMoss92 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow the Ghost Goal podcast socials at Ghost Goal Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy the Premier League games this weekend. And until next time, everyone. See you.